What's up, everybody? My name is Shane Kohler, and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here, where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you'd leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Conscious Love Show. My name is Shane Kohler. I'm excited to be here with you uh, as usual. And I have an exciting topic for today that I want to talk about uh, as we prepare for the new year. And this topic uh, definitely is a great topic for the new year, but it also applies to all time, anytime. What I want to talk about is setting intentions, uh, specifically setting intentions for love, but that could also be applied to whatever else you might set intentions for. But setting intentions, bringing in the new year, and what is, the, what is the best way to do that? How do we do that? What does it mean to set an intention? What does it not mean? So there's, there's a lot to unpack here around setting intentions and uh, what we want our next year to be. So right now, some of you may be hearing this podcast uh, later in the year. Some of you might be listening to this in August or something. But right now, it's 2022. We're about to roll into 2023. And uh, I want to talk about what it looks like to set intentions for the future. So a lot of us right now are creating our vision for the new year, what we want 2023 to be like, how we want to feel in the new year, what we want to experience, the dreams we want to have come true. And what does it look like to set intentions for that? Now, if you're not hearing this around the new year, it's totally fine. Uh, Just take the principles that we're going to talk about today and apply it to wherever you are right now, because you can set intentions at any time, any moment of your life. When you do it is not so as is not as important as how you do it. And how you do it has a lot to do with whether those intentions are going to manifest or not. So I want to talk a little bit about that today and explore this idea of setting intentions. And I remember, you know, when I first started to hear this concept back in my early 20s and I would read books that would talk about manifesting your dreams or setting intentions. And I did a, I did a workshop that was a lot about uh, the, the word they used there was declaration. And they, they'd say declare it. And, and they talk a lot about, you know, making declarations and, and how to have your declarations come true. And what I've found is that most of the time, when we make our declarations or we set our intentions is that nothing really like it doesn't really happen. And some of you, if you've experienced that, those of you who are live with me right now, if you've tried setting your intentions or making your declarations or manifesting your dreams and it hasn't worked out the way you thought it would just tap that heart a few times. I want to see who, 
I want to see who is uh, is resonating with me right now. Because in, in my experience, and I remember, like, I would have people that I was in, in workshops with or, or reading these books with, and we'd be learning all this stuff together. And they'd be like, yeah, you know, I said I needed some extra money this week. And then somebody called me and they gave me 700 bucks they owed me. And, and I would be sitting there going like, how the hell does this happen for you guys? Because I set my intentions and set my intentions and set my intentions and none of it ever happens. So how the hell is this happening for you people? Like I just, I couldn't get it. And I've, I've come a long way since then. And I've learned a lot about setting intentions. And I actually have a process every, every year that I do around the new year where I sit down and I write my intentions uh, for the year down and I put them in a box and I leave them in that box for the whole year. I don't, I don't really look at them. I might, I might mentally review them from time to time. But I don't mentally, um, like, or I don't like, I don't open up the box and look at them. I just kind of put them in the box and put them away and I leave them there for the whole year. And then at the end of the year, I take them out and I review them and, and I see, you know, what happened, what didn't. And it's, it's a real learning process. So I want to share a little bit about this process and what I've, and what I've learned and, and how I've learned to set intentions and in a way that they actually come true. Somebody here says their intentions seem to work. That's awesome. If your intentions work, then you are tapped into something. So what I want you to do, those of you who feel like your intentions work, is, is connect with what is it that is having your intentions work and, and how do you how do you uh, connect with that more deeply? And I'm going to talk a little bit about that as we go along today. So what I want to what I want to start with is that, you know, when I started trying to set intentions or declare things for my life, it, I wasn't coming at it from the right place. And let me foundationally say this: I was coming at it from what I wanted to get rather than what I wanted to give or who I wanted to be or who I wanted to become. You see, I was, I was looking at it like I was identifying all the places in my life that were empty, that something was missing, that I, I wasn't getting what I wanted in that area of my life. And I was just trying to declare or set my intention that I was going to get all the things I wanted, that all my wishes were going to come true. And that I have found is not an effective place to declare or set intentions from. And there are a couple reasons for that. Like one reason is like if, if we put it very directly is when you're looking at, if, if you're looking for the things that are missing in your life and then you're trying to declare that you're going to get those things, you're starting from what's already missing or what's already empty rather than what's already full. Like you're, you're looking at your life in an emptiness context and then thinking that you can manifest from that place. Yeah. Somebody says from lack, right? So you're, you're looking at it from, you're looking at what's lacking and thinking that you can manifest or create from a place of lack. And all that does is when you look out at your life and you look at everything that's missing or everything that you don't have 
And then you say, I want, you know, I, I don't have a relationship. Some of you going through the holidays right now are really feeling that, right? Like I, I want to be in a partnership. I want to have this relationship and I don't have it. And then a lot of people say, you know, going into the new year, it could be last year's 2022, this year it'll be 2023. But people say, you know, 2023 is going to be my last year as a single person. And it's like, okay, I, you know, the spirit of that is really great. But what's, what's missing for me in that is you're, is you're starting with resistance to the way things are, right? My last year as a single person or, or around Valentine's Day, people say like, it's, it's going to be my last year alone, my last Valentine's Day alone, right? And it, it's like you're starting with the, the what's missing. You're starting with the, I, I'm alone or I don't have something that I want. I don't have the partner that I want. And because that is the, the forefront focus of your intention, what's going to manifest is more of that. You see, what I want everybody to understand is you have absolute creative ability. You do, I do, we all do. We all have the absolute ability to create our lives. But when, when our creative ability is completely occupied by the focus on what we don't have, when it's occupied with, when all of our attention is taken up by the things that are missing in our life, our creative energy is going toward what is missing. And so what's going to manifest is more of what's missing. And then we start to say, manifestation doesn't work, or I don't have that creative ability, or I don't have the power to create my life the way I want to, that some people are lucky and some people are not. And we, we default into a very cynical perspective of life and love and what's possible for us. But what we're missing when we do that is you don't see that you had the creative ability all along. You just haven't learned how to direct it. And so when it comes to setting intentions, it's important to start with the awareness that I, I am complete. I am whole. I have absolute creative ability and nothing is missing from my life. Nothing is lacking in me. Nothing is lacking in my life. Now, this is where there's some nuance because some of you might say, well, how can you say there's nothing lacking from my life when I don't have the partner I want? You know, I had to go to another holiday alone with my parents asking me when I'm going to get married. And how the fuck can you tell me that nothing is lacking from my life when that's my current reality? Okay, so I feel you on that. I do. And, and I want to, I want to find a way to bring this all together because the fact that nothing is lacking doesn't mean that you have everything you want on a surface level right now in this moment. Okay, it just, just because I say nothing is lacking doesn't mean that you have everything you want in this moment. Okay, no matter where you are in life, no matter where you are, if you're single, if you're in a relationship, if you have $1 in your bank account, if you have $100,000 in your bank account, no matter where you are in life, you can always look at the next level and say, that's where I'm headed, right? So if I have $100,000 in my bank account, I'm on my way to a million. 
If I have $1 in my bank account, I'm on my way to 100,000. If I'm single, I'm on my way to a relationship, if that's what you want, right? So you can, at any position you find yourself in in life, no matter when, no matter where it is, you can always look at what the next level is. You can always, you can always see where, where the next step is. But when you look at the next step and you feel inside your body an emptiness, a lack, a something is missing, when you look to the next step of your life and that makes you feel like something is missing, what's happening is you are identifying with the lack rather than identifying with the abundant creativity that is alive inside of you that exists inside of you. I'm going to say that again. When you look at the next step of your life, if you say that's a relationship, that's, you know, 10 times the money in my bank account, that's having more free time to spend with my kids or to travel or to whatever, right? When you look at the next step of your life and by looking at that, you feel an emptiness inside. You are identifying with the current circumstances of your life rather than identifying with the abundant creativity that is always alive inside of you. Um, some of you may be familiar with a Abraham Hicks, uh, uh, great, great teaching. I've, I've read many of the books, listened to many of the live streams. Um, Abraham Hicks is a fantastic teaching. And I, I remember them saying, and for, for those of you who aren't familiar, Abraham Hicks is a channeled work. So it comes from comes from another place, right? Comes from the spirit world or however you want to frame that for yourself. But the teaching comes from another place. And uh, one, thing, one thing Abraham said that I love is they said, the reason human beings are so slow to progress in life and, and in historically, like in, in our you know, human timeline, the reason we progress so slowly is because we are obsessed with the way things are right now. I want you to think about that. The reason we progress so slowly is because we are obsessed with the way things are right now. You see, we don't look at our lives as an unfolding journey that is constantly changing, that is constantly in flux, that is like, as soon as you get the thing you want, even that thing's going to change. Right? Like life is constantly changing. It is constantly evolving. It is constantly in flux. And most human beings, and, and I'll even include myself in this to a large degree. I think I've come a long way with it, but, but most of us are obsessed with the way things are right now. And we take the way things are right now as a reflection of who we are. And we, what we want to do is, is we want to like, we want to stop change from happening. We want to stop this evolution from happening. And, and we want to go like, okay, let me take everything I like about my life right now and let me collect it all and keep it for myself. And everything I don't like, let me get rid of it and replace it with more things that I like. And let me collect all of that and keep it for myself. And let me live happily ever after in my little fantasy with everything I like. And that is just so not the way life works. That is so not the way life works. You see, life is a constant change. 
It's a constant flux. It's a constant unfolding. You don't get to keep any of it. At the end of it, you have to give it all away. You could, you could build your dream home. You could find your perfect partner. You could make lots of money, have a career that you love. And at the end of it, you got to give it all away. You don't get to keep any of it, right? Life is just a transient journey. We just, we pass through many, many changing experiences and then we give them all away and we move on to something new. And that's the way life works. And so like, let, let's talk about some of the errors in our approach here. One of the errors in our approach is that we take the way it is in this moment, in this transient changing moment that before you can even recognize the moment, it's already gone. But we take the way things are right now as a reflection of the way things are overall, as a reflection of who we are overall. We identify with our external reality and say, that's a reflection of who I am. And then what happens is my creative ability, my, my ability to literally generate my life becomes tied to the way things are. And so I prevent the unfolding from happening. Now, in reality, you can't do this for very long or in any real way, but you can try to do it. And when you try to do it, you stop the evolutionary process from happening. Or you, you, let me rephrase that. You don't stop it, but you slow it down. This, this trying to hold on, trying to cling, trying to keep things for myself prevents the evolution, the unfolding from happening or, or slows it down a lot. And so what we've got to do is we've got to give ourselves over to this unfolding We've got to give ourselves over to this constant change, this constant flux. We've got to be willing to let go of whatever we're holding on to, whatever we're trying to keep for ourselves so tightly to give us a sense of security or a sense of safety or a sense of feeling good about myself. We've got to be willing to turn all of it over, let it all go and surrender to this process. And in that surrender, we can we can start to set intentions from a new place. When we're willing to give ourselves over to this unfolding and to this constant change, we can then connect to something greater within us, a place from which our lives are unfolding from. And from that place, we can set an intention that is vibrationally aligned with what is right for us in the next year of our life or in the next stage of our life. So what does that mean? Well, earlier I spoke about how when we look at what is missing in our life, we say, okay, I don't have a relationship. I want a relationship. 2023 is going to be my last year of being single. And right. And now I'm identified with my singleness. I'm identified with the lack of the love or the lack of the relationship in my life. And now I'm slowing down the process of unfolding. Right. So if I were to, if I were to accept where I am right now, right. Um, Last year, I'll share this. Last year, the holidays were a really tough time for myself and my wife. And I've, some of you are probably tired of hearing me talk about this by now. But you know, my wife was going through cancer treatment during the holidays last year. And it was just, it was a really tough time for us. And 
So in the midst of this incredible challenge, I'm looking at the next year. And of course, on one level, I'm saying I want it to be better. But I can't do that by going, I hate my life right now. I hate what's wrong with it. I hate that my wife had cancer. I hate that she's going through treatment. I hate that our world has been turned upside down. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I want it to go away. I want something new next year. That's not going to work. That's not going to bring something new. So what I needed to do first, and I remember myself doing my intention process last year, and what I needed to do first was, was find an acceptance of what is. And, you know, I hear somebody mentioning toxic positivity right now, right? So this is, this is the nuance in this because toxic positivity is just you throwing a mask a fake mask over everything you really feel, right? And that doesn't work. That does like you're when you try to when you try to pretend to be positive, but you're not really positive. All you're doing is reinforcing all the negativity that's alive inside. You're just you're just making it stronger. So that doesn't work. And so if I go back to last year where we could say we were going through a really negative life experience, a really challenging life experience, and here I am wanting to set intentions for the new year. Well, I, I had to find an acceptance of, of where I was at that time. I had, to, I had to find some kind of peace with where I was. So some of you, maybe, maybe you're single right now and you want to be in a relationship or maybe you're in a relationship and your relationship is, is really going through some hard times like we were last year. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're just coming out of a relationship. Maybe you're heartbroken right now. You fell in love with someone. It didn't work out. And now you're reeling from that. The first thing you've got to do before you can even start thinking about how you want next year to be is, is accept where you are right now. Don't use your intentions as a way to deny your current experience because that denial is just going to strengthen what's alive inside of you on a subconscious level. So come to terms with where you are. Give some love to where you are. And you know, last year, like as I was doing this, I was able to find gratitude for how I was growing through the experience. How I was, you know, accessing parts of myself that had been repressed. And that experience was allowing those parts of myself to come up. I was able to, to, to deepen myself. I was able to deepen my relationship with my wife. I was able to deepen my spirituality, my relationship with God or the universe or whatever you want to call it, right? I was able to deepen my experience of trust. And, and, and I want to say this, like even above all of that, and that, that was a lot of what I was experiencing, but even above all of that is I was able to understand that the season of life that I was in last year was necessary for me to 
become who I wanted to become in my life, for me to have the life I wanted to have, for my wife and I to have the marriage that we wanted to have, for all of this to occur, for all of my most heartfelt intentions to come true, I had to understand that where I was in that moment was a part of the process. You see, most of us, when we're experiencing something we don't want to experience in our life, we think it's not a part of the process, or we deny that it's a part of the process, or we, we relate with it as though something has gone wrong. You see, I want everybody to think about this. What if everything that you ever thought was going wrong in your life was actually going right the whole time? What if everything where you thought this should not happen, this should not have happened, this should not be happening, what if it was a part of the journey? What if it was a necessary part of you becoming who you want to become, of you having the life you want to have, of your most heartfelt intentions coming true? You see a lot of, and I work with a lot of single people and, you know, primarily I coach single people, so I want to speak into this, is that a lot of us, when we're single, we look at being single as though it's something wrong and, and as though getting into a relationship or finding the right partner for us is right. And that is, that is the way to never find the relationship you're looking for. And I'll say you'll find lots of relationships that way but they won't be the kind of relationship you're looking for. And so what you'll do is you'll reach out for love and, and you'll find something that feels like love for a little while and then it'll fall apart and then you'll be bitter about it and then you'll feel like it has gone wrong and then it'll happen again and again and again and again and over time the bitterness grows, the cynicism grows, the doubt grows and it becomes harder and harder and harder to invite in a truly loving and, and lasting kind of relationship. So for anybody who might be hearing this right now, looking at the new year, wanting to set your intentions for love in the new year, for anybody who, who might be experiencing this, I want to start by, by saying, what if where you are right now was not something that has gone wrong? If you're single and you've been single for a while, if, you're, if you just are going through a breakup and you're heartbroken right now, even if you're in a relationship and you're, and you're struggling in the relationship, what if those are not things that have gone wrong, but what if it's exactly right for your life? And what if it is a necessary part of the process for your most heartfelt intentions to come true? For your most heartfelt intentions to be realized, And if you can view your situation in that way and have gratitude for where you are in your life right now, if you can see how every aspect of your life right now is preparing you for the, for the, the heartfelt intentions that you do have, right? Like when you, when you say to God or to the universe or whatever you call it, that you know, I want that heartfelt, deep, passionate, loving relationship. And you call out to God in the universe and saying, please bring this into my life. And then the universe starts bringing things into your life that are not that. 
you've got to be wise enough to see that the universe is bringing you the things that are preparing you for that. You've got to have the wisdom to see beyond the surface of this transient moment that's only here for an instant and then it's gone. And rather than defining yourself by that moment that's going to be gone a second later, experience the moment. Find the wisdom that the moment has to offer you and identify with this eternally creative being who can manifest anything. And take life as it comes. Surrender to life as it comes to be able to to be able to retrieve the lessons from the moment, retrieve the wisdom from the moment. And there's a lot of wisdom that's found in a heartbreak. There's a lot of wisdom that's found in being alone. There's a lot of wisdom that's found in going to your family's house on the holidays and them saying, why are you still single? And you having those feelings come up and you having to be with that. There's a lot of wisdom that's found in that. You see, we actually don't grow by getting what we want. We grow through suffering. And, and not by resisting suffering, but by surrendering to suffering. By allowing the suffering to be there and by, by not closing our hearts down to the suffering, but rather opening our hearts up to the suffering and letting them, letting our hearts break and, and being okay with the broken heart. If you want to open your heart up to love, that's the way to do it. You open your heart up to love by opening your heart up to heartbreak, by opening your heart up to suffering. And, and in doing that, your heart becomes deep enough to receive love in the deepest ways. And so wherever you are right now, whatever you're experiencing, whatever you're going through, whatever dreams or intentions you have for the new year, I want you to start by accepting that where you are right now is the perfect jumping off place to have those intentions come true. You see, it's not that something has gone wrong. There's not an error in the system. It's not that you missed what was meant for you. It's that you are currently in the perfect jumping off place to jump into what's coming for you. And see if you can find gratitude for having, see if you can find gratitude for the universe bringing you such a perfect jumping off place. And see if you can find that in this moment. And then set your intentions from that place. I saw a little question here. Somebody said, what about being addicted to someone who is not available but keeps promising? And I want to speak into this because this is a perfect example of what I'm talking about. So current reality, this transient moment, this moment is coming and then it's going to go, right? This, this season of your life being in relationship with this person, it's here and then it's going to go. And right now you're experiencing being addicted to this person who keeps promising you something that they're not delivering on. 
Okay. So I love this. Thank you so much for posting the question because I love this example and let's apply it right now. Okay. So let's say my intention for 2023, if I were you, my intention for 2023 would be, you know, I want a deep, loving, passionate relationship with someone who promises and delivers with someone I can count on to show up for me, someone I can trust, someone I can rely on. That's my intention for the new year, right? And here I am addicted to someone who keeps promising and not delivering. And I have to somehow see that this situation that I'm in right now is the perfect jumping off place to jump into my intention for the new year. And I have to have gratitude for how the universe has hand designed for me such a perfect curriculum to learn everything I need to learn to dive into that love that I'm looking for. That's a tough one, isn't it? I get it. That's a tough one. So if you're in this place, I mean, if, if you're with somebody who is promising but not delivering, simple answer is they're not for you. Okay, now I understand all relationships have an incredible amount of nuance. I don't know the details. I can't speak into them. But if somebody is promising, 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 and not delivering, at some point you've got to say within yourself, I, this isn't for me, and I'm addicted, and I can't let go, and I'm, and I'm craving this person, right? Well, why would you be craving someone like that? You know, because simply put, and this, this will be very direct, is that you haven't learned how to be with yourself when you're alone. You haven't learned how to be with yourself when you're alone. And so because of that, you're going to crave other people. And when we crave other people, now there's, I want to make a distinction here. There's a difference between wanting a relationship. Like my whole life, I wanted a girlfriend when I was younger. And then as I got older, I started to desire a wife, right? So there, there is the wanting of it while simultaneously having the ability to be with myself and be alone. And then there is the inability to be with myself while I'm alone. And so I have to attach myself to anyone and everyone I can. And that's when you become addicted, right? Somebody shows up, you think there's a possibility, you start obsessing about them, you start getting overly focused on them, you start wanting more and more and more. And then what happens is you've, you've framed it for yourself that that is where love comes from, that love comes from this person. And you're actually denying all of the creative power that you have because in a sense, you've kind of given it to this person. Right? You're saying, I don't have the ability to create love. I don't have the ability to, to manifest love in my life. Love comes from them. And I need to have them to have love. And this is all something that you've set up in your own mind. None of it's true. None of it's real. It's something you've set up in your own mind. And now you're relating with it as though it is the truth. And this becomes your reality. It becomes the reality of the situation. Is everybody with me? Tap that heart a few times if you're with me right now. I want to want to make sure people are hearing what I'm saying. So 
what the universe has hand designed for you right now, or God, if you want to call it God, whatever, however you relate with it personally is fine. But, but what has been designed for you in, in a very unique way that is perfect for you and your level of learning is an opportunity to release this person and find a way to be with yourself in this. What, what, the, what the universe is offering you right now is an opportunity to let go of the dreams you had with this person and let your heart break over it. Let your heart break wide open and don't reach out to them to make it better. Reach out to yourself to make it better and reach out to other people in your life who genuinely love you and are not pretending. And they're not trying to get anything from you. They're just loving you for you. And let them love you. And love yourself. And learn to, learn to be with the pain that you feel without needing it to get better right away. Learn to, learn to sit with that suffering and, and let that suffering open up your heart and go deep into that so that your heart can be so wide open that you can actually invite love in rather than just looking for someone to make you feel better all the time. And I know this is direct, but this is the truth. This is how it works, right? Rather than looking to someone or something else to constantly make you feel better, look to yourself and to the, and, and to, to what's inside of you when your when your heart breaks and you and you sit with that heartbreak and you and you let your heart break open and you feel the pain of that and you and then underneath that you see that love is also there and something new starts to emerge from you something starts to emerge from you in which I'm not afraid to be alone anymore because I can sit with my own heartbreak. And when I see you making promises that you don't deliver on, I, I let you go because I don't need you in that way. I might want you, I might want you, but I don't need you in that way. I can be with my own heartbreak. And and then what starts to happen is the love that you found inside of yourself in the, in the depths of your own heartbreak starts to pour out of you. And so for, for the person who asked the question or for anyone else who might be going through something similar right now, can you, can you see that opportunity in your current situation? And when you set your intentions for the new year, or again, for anybody at any time in your life, when you're, when you're looking to set an intention for what you want to create, can you set the intention not from, I want to get everything I want, but from what is the next stage in my evolutionary journey? What is the next most relevant thing for me to experience in my life? 
For those of you who are looking for love, going in and out of situationships and being single, and you know, for those of you who are in that season of your life right now, I want you to hear this. Love, the, the true love that you're looking for, the true partnership that you're looking for, that's going to happen when it's the next most relevant thing for you to experience. When it's the next most relevant stage of your evolutionary journey, that's when it's going to happen. And it's not going to happen before that. And you might, you, you, or you may have heard the saying that life keeps bringing you lessons over and over and over and over again until you learn them. And so many of us are denying the lessons that are being brought to us over and over and over and over again. The lessons are coming and we think the lessons are a mistake. We think there's something that has gone wrong. And rather than learning them, we just keep trying to do the same thing we were doing before the lesson came. And so the lesson keeps coming. And we keep thinking, if I just keep trying like this, it's going to eventually happen. But all that keeps coming are the lessons that we still haven't learned. And so when you learn the lessons that are being presented to you and you've gone beyond the point where those lessons are relevant for you and your next most relevant lesson is going to come inside of a true partnership, that's when that true partnership is going to show up. Tap that heart a few times if you're with me on this. I want to see who's with me on this. And so when you set intentions, when you set intentions, you want to drop from your conscious mind, your ego mind of give me everything I want, right? Let me, let me get all the things I want. You want to drop below that, excuse me. And you want to drop into your heart. You want to drop into this intuitive, sensitive part of yourself, this vulnerable part of yourself. And instead of just in a conscious way, and when I say conscious, I don't mean conscious like enlightened, not that kind of conscious. I mean conscious like, like in my conscious mind. Right. So like from my conscious mind, looking at everything that's missing in my life and saying, I want this, I want that drop out of that and drop into your heart and ask instead of telling, ask what is most relevant for me in this coming year? What is the next stage of my evolutionary journey? And, and let me set intentions for that. Now, I want to give an example. This was uh, actually on my intentions list last year. I had, um, I had a certain uh, financial goal for my business. That was one of my intentions I set for last year. And I'll just, I'll just tell you right now, I, I did not hit it. Okay, so that, that intention did not come true. And... I want to talk a little bit about how setting intentions works. Now, I think if I remember, I haven't opened the box yet. I'll, I'll open the box on, on New Year's Eve. Um, but I, 
but if I remember right, I think I had 11 intentions that I set for the year. And this was one of them. It was a certain financial goal for my business that I did not hit. But I want to tell you what having that intention did for my life. And sometimes this is how intentions work. Because I, I had this intention and I was looking at how I was running my business. I was looking at the amount of people I was coaching. I was looking at how much free time I had and all these different things. And I was saying, okay, based on my current situation, there is no way that I'm going to hit this intention. If, if the rest of the year just continues like this, there is no way that I'm going to hit this intention. Now, again, what most of us would do in a moment like that is in a very egoic way, start trying to change things, right? Okay, I'm doing it all wrong. What do I need to do differently? Ah, and, then, and then we go into this control place and, and we try to change everything from an egoic place. So that doesn't work, okay? That doesn't work. So what I did was recognizing that the way my current reality was going, that I was not going to be able to hit that intention I dropped into my heart, I dropped into my intuitive space, and I asked, what do I need to do this year to be able to hit that intention? And I started to receive guidance. I started to receive intuitive guidance, said, do this, do that. Now, again, it wasn't like in a moment, okay, this isn't working, what do I need to do? And then I go do it. No, this was a process of several weeks, of even probably months of me meditating on this, of me thinking, okay, how do I have this intention happen this year? Asking for guidance, right? Like, not like, what do I want and how do I get it for myself? But show me, guide me, lead me. What is the next most relevant step for me? And the, intuit the intuitive guidance started to happen. And I started to innovate my program in certain ways. I started to approach my business in certain ways. I joined a coaching circle and I started getting coaching from people that I, I you know, people I hadn't worked with before. And, and just, you know, I, I started doing different things. Now, remember, that intention still didn't happen. And I, I want to I be clear about this because the intention that I set did not happen this year. But what did happen was I made certain changes to my business that would allow me in the coming years to not only hit that intention, but blow it out of the water a hundred times over. And not only, not only that, but allow me to have more freedom and flexibility to do things like the podcast, which was actually another intention. So that was an intention that did come true was I started my podcast. Okay. But, but I don't want to, I digress, but this is what's so important about intention setting is it's not about getting everything you want. It's not about that. What it is about is it is about feeling into what is most relevant for you. What is the next step of your evolutionary journey and being willing to grow into that? And your intentions serve as something that is going to call you into that. Your intentions serve as something that is going to call you in to that next stage of your evolution. It's going to have you become that next greatest version of yourself. 
And you see, it's not just, I'm going to declare what I want and then it's all going to happen for me. It's no, I'm going to intuitively feel into what's right for me in my life, the direction I'm going, the, the things that, that I'm calling in in my life from the deepest levels of myself. And then I'm going to set intentions around those things. And then I'm going to go on an evolutionary journey to become the person who those things would be the most relevant things for them to experience. I hope that makes sense. I'm going to go on an evolutionary journey to become the person in this next year that those things would be the most relevant things for that person to experience. So as you look to the new year, and and I'll end with this, as you look to the new year, as you're dreaming about how you want your life to be different in the new year, how things could change for you in the new year, whether you're calling in that relationship, whether you're calling in other goals for you, other, other dreams of yours. Really sit with this and, you know, don't just, don't just make, you know, it's, it's not your list for Santa Claus, right? Like, don't just make your list of everything you want, but really ask for guidance from the deepest place. What am I stepping into in the new year? What is is the most relevant journey for me to take in the new year? What What are the boldest things that I believe I could step into in the new year? How do I want to feel in the new year? And then set intentions that are reflective of that. You know, I, I, I shared, I, I set an intention about a financial goal for my business. I set an intention about, uh, I set intentions about re- my relationship with my wife and certain things I want to experience there. I set intentions about uh, one, I wanted to see Trevor Hall at Red Rocks this year. That one did come true, right? I was able to take a few days, go out to Denver, spend some time in Denver, get to see Trevor Hall. He's one of my favorite musicians. I got to see him at Red Rocks, which was a, a, a place I've always wanted to go. Um, so I got to, I got to see one of my favorite people at a place I've always wanted to go. So, you know, like that one did come true and that was very relevant for me to experience this year. Other intentions didn't come true or they, they didn't come or maybe they came true, but not in a way I thought they would, you know, where, for example, I wanted to write and publish my book this year. Well, turns out my book's only about halfway written right now. But I I was hired by a publishing company to write a book for them. And they they uh so I wrote it, they published it, and and that did happen this year, but not in a way that I necessarily imagined it would. I wanted to start my podcast this year. That did happen. Right? So we've we've gotta we've gotta be willing to let our intentions teach us and learn and grow from them and no and not be so caught up on getting what we want but rather 
Have a willingness to go on the journey. Have a willingness to evolve and to step into that next level of our own evolution. Okay, so I'm going to close, or, or not close, but I'm, I'm going to open up for some questions, and I want us to just stop there for the moment. So this question comes from Sim S. How to release anxious attachment and trust myself more and build relationship with myself. I've never done that before. When it comes to releasing anxious attachment, and this is something I have a lot of personal experience with, I, I always tended to be more of an anxiously attached type person. So when it comes to releasing anxious attachment, you know, the, the thing to do is, is, is to kind of to go against your natural tendencies. I know that I know that probably sounds really bad, but you know, like the thing about and and I would say even for you know if we go to the opposite, like avoidant attachment, which their natural tendency is always to pull away, you know, they kind of need to do the same thing, right? When we have a our attachment styles, anxious, avoidant, disorganized, you know, whichever one, whichever one you resonate with, or whichever one you know you, you feel like is real for you. They're all, they're all survival patterns, right? They're all ways of trying to survive relationships. And, and it, it comes from our inner child wounding, right? It comes from the relationship we had with our parents, the needs that weren't necessarily met when we were children, and developing a certain pattern of, of relating with our parents that allowed us to, you know, try to get those needs met. And as we grow into adults, our, our attachment style is really a, a relational survival pattern, right? It's like, how do I survive relationships? And you've got to recognize that what they do, whether it's anxious or avoidant, is in a way they, they block us off from love, right? And so anxious attachment people tend to either push people out of their lives because they're just too much, or they tend to end up in very toxic, codependent kinds of situations. Because th those are the only kinds of situations that they're willing to deal with that level of anxious attachment. So if your inclination in an anxious way, it's always to reach out. You know, let me, let me be very needy. Let me constantly want more attention. Let me call. Let me text. Let me you know, what are you doing? Let me try to find ways to get your attention and, and, you know, all this stuff, right? So that, the, the way to work with that is to recognize those needs and, and recognize that your way of having those needs be met is not actually getting them met, right? So, you know, in, in an anxious attachment situation, you would either constantly push people away or you would constantly end up in codependent, unhealthy situations. So the, the thing to do, and I, I remember, I've, I've probably shared this before, but I remember somebody I was dating who wanted an open relationship. And, you know, again, like going back to what I was saying earlier, like what a gift this person was for me when she 
she wanted an open relationship and I wanted her enough to try to be okay with that. And I had an anxious attachment style, (laughs) right? So here she is, which literally the agreements we made with each other were there's no commitment, no obligation. If you text me, I don't have to text you back. You don't need to know where I am or what I'm doing or who I'm going to be with. You know, we're going to have a completely open relationship. And when we both want to spend some time together, we will. And then when all the rest of the time, there's zero commitment, right? Now, I saw this person for six months and, and or I was in communication with her for about six months. And in the amount of time that we were talking for that whole six months, I like we saw each other maybe three times or four times, right? So it was not often. This is like for somebody with an anxious attachment style, this is an absolute nightmare. Okay. It is just, it is like, it is just, it was the worst six months of my life suffering wise. But like I said, that suffering gave me access to, to something. It it opened up my heart in a way that my heart had not been open before. And one thing I realized because of the agreements we had, you know, that there was no commitment, there was no obligation, there was no need to respond. Like those were the agreements we made with each other. And I knew that if I showed up too needy in this relationship, that she would be done with me. And so I knew that I couldn't do that. And what I had to do was I had to limit it to, you know, I might text her every now and then. I might call her sometimes, you know, I might reach out once in a while. Hey, you know, do you feel like getting together this weekend? But aside from that, there was nothing. And all of the feelings that I had and all of the wanting to see her and wanting to be with her and wanting to call her and wanting to talk and all of that, I had to just be okay with having that in my body and not wanting her to make it better. You see, Prior to her, when I was in a relationship, whenever I had those feelings in my body, I looked to the other person to make it better. And I had some partners who were willing to do that. And, you know, I wasn't crazy and I wasn't super needy. So I, I was, I was able to kind of balance that to a degree. But in the past, I had always, always looked to the other person to make those feelings better. And this was the first time in my life that I knew I could not look to her to make those feelings better. And I had to sit with them, right? So I had to literally, literally, this is why I say you got to kind of resist your natural inclination. Like I had to literally want to text her and then be like, no, I'm not going to. And I had to resist that urge, resist that impulse. And granted, I was not even conscious enough to really know how to work with this stuff. So, you know, if, if I had been, if I had known what I know now, then I would have worked with some inner child healing. I would have worked with, uh, I mean, I would have done a few things, right? But I, I would have, um, I would have done things a little bit differently, but back then I didn't have the awareness that I have now. So I just kind of had to sit with it and I just had to be okay with it. And that was, I think in many ways it got me to the same place. But there was a certain amount of repression that happened in that because I wasn't really feeling it. I was just trying to get over it. 
And so there was a certain amount of repression that happened that I then had to deal with later. But that's that's besides the point. The point is, is you've got to stop looking to the other person or other people to make it better. And you've got to be okay with holding these feelings in your body and, and learn how to be with them. Now, uh, I, I mentioned some inner child work. Like you, I, I said this earlier, like our attachment styles are a reaction to our inner child wounding, right? This is how we learn to relate with our parents when we didn't get our needs met. And then it carries over into our adult relationships. So inner child healing is a really big important is a really big part of working with your attach your attachment style because what you're actually doing is you're identifying the needs that you feel are being unmet inside of you that you're then projecting onto romantic interests or your partners in relationships and expecting them to heal these wounds and what you find is they're never able to do it right? You try again and again and again and again and again. And, and you try with this person, you try with that person, you try it this way, you try it that way, but the wound never goes away. And so you've got to, you've got to get in touch with these wounds, right? What are the needs that I feel are, are not being met? You know, I, I feel like I need more attention from this person. Well, why do I feel like I need more attention from them? Well, it's because when I was little, and this is the kind of stuff you do in therapy or in the Inspired Love program, we explore this in, in a lot of detail. If, if you look at them and you say, you know, I, I feel like I need more attention from them. Well, the reason I feel that way is because when I was little, my mother or my father or, you know, my primary caretaker, it was hard to get their attention. And sometimes they were there and sometimes they weren't. And, you know, I, they were very loving and they were very, you know, kind in a lot of ways, but they were also unavailable in a lot of ways. Like my mom, for example, my mom was super loving and super kind when I was a little kid, but what she wasn't was available. She was a 19 year old woman who was a full-time college student and worked a full-time job. And so I developed this kind of relationship with my mother where she was my whole world. It was just me and her literally like there was no father, there were no siblings. It was just me and her and my grandparents were around. But my mom was like there one minute and gone the next. She had to go to school all the time and she would drop me off with her friends or she would drop me off at daycare or she would leave me with my grandparents. And I would like wait for these moments to be with her. You know, I would like when she would come home, I would be so excited to be with her and then she would leave again. And, and then, you know, I remember like she would drop me off at daycare and I would have these huge tantrums. And so... These are wounds that were put into me before I was even aware enough to think and to, to think for myself, right? And then as an adult, I see these same feelings coming up in relationships. And so what you've got to do is it, it's kind of like stop feeding that impulse. Stop feeding that need for the other person to make it better. Start identifying these needs, loving yourself through them. I mean, there's really not a way to fix it or make it go away. I think to some degree, to some degree that that wound is always there. But 
what we can do with it is we can learn to be okay with that wound being there. Instead of the moment we feel it, it's like, ah, make it better, make it go away. It's like, oh, there's that wound again. (sighs) Okay, I feel it. I feel it. I I love you speaking to myself, right? And it's okay. It's, It's okay to feel that wound. And it doesn't have to get better right away. So that's the answer to the question. I know there's a long answer, but the answer to the question is stop feeding your addiction. You know, our, our attachment styles are a form of addiction in a way, right? So stop feeding that addiction and start identifying what's going on under the surface that is causing that addiction. And then start rather than, I always say, rather than putting your attention outside of yourself, make it better, make it go away, make me feel better, make, make love better, right? You know, like in, instead, of, instead of always looking outside of yourself, look inside. Look inside, right? Like, okay, what am I feeling right now? Why does this hurt? You know, what is the, what is the story about myself that I'm telling? And there, there's a lot of nuance here and I can't go into all of it, but but, you know, stop looking outward, start looking inward, go inside and, and, and find, find the answers there, find the wounds, acknowledge them, love yourself through them. All right. Great question. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much for sending it in. I'm going to take one more question. Uh, hi from Belgium. I'm single for years now and I really worked a lot about it, but nothing changes. I think there's still something to release because nothing is changing. How can I find? What is it? Okay. How do I say this? It, you know, it, it's it, there's a paradox here, right? Because the constant focus on needing it to change prevents it from changing sometimes. And there, you know, I do a lot of work on it. You know, I I see a lot of people who do a lot of work. And, um, and sometimes the work that they're doing is, is it's almost like they're running from something they feel inside of them or something they fear inside of them. Right? Like, uh, if we just use the example of being single, and, and I'm working on being single and I'm, I'm doing a lot of work around my singleness and I'm, you know, I'm ready for a relationship and I'm getting ready for a relationship. Like what might be most dominant in you is the fear that you're going to end up alone. That might be the most dominant thing inside of you. And you might be doing a lot of work, but the work that you're doing is just reinforcing that fear because, because the work is like, it's not, I don't want to say it's not really work because I know to a degree it is. And to a degree you are doing a lot of real work, but, but the point that you might be missing is that if you're just using the work as a way to make yourself feel better about the fear, then what's really happening is you're strengthening the fear and the fear becomes the most dominant thing in your life. And then your creative power is, is kind of consumed by this fear that I'm going to be alone. And that makes it really, really difficult to create a relationship. 
And the more years this goes on, the, you know, if, if this goes on in your 30s and then in your 40s and then in your 50s and, and it just keeps going on, the, the fear becomes stronger and stronger and stronger and it becomes harder and harder and harder to turn this around. So what I, what I would offer for you is that I think the thing that you're probably missing is that something needs to change. You're, you're missing a, a deep acceptance of where you are right now. You know, you say, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, but nothing is changing. Well, maybe nothing needs to change. Maybe the lesson you haven't found yet is how to fall in love with your life where it is right now. And falling in love with your life where it is right now would create the change that would potentially invite a partner into it. But when you're when you're so frustrated by your current experience and always saying it needs to change, it needs to change, it needs to change, you're, you're creating a situation in which that change becomes impossible. Because you're actually go, going back to what I said earlier, I was talking about Abraham Hicks. And the what Abraham said is that, you know, the reason human beings are, are so slow to change is because we're so obsessed with how things are right now. And what I would say is who cares if you're single? Why does it need to change? And I know for those of you who really want a relationship, that's a very, that's a very difficult thing to grasp. I get that. But how do you, how do you be genuinely okay with where you are right now? How do you genuinely fall in love with your life right now? Not like an act. Not like, I'm really not happy with my life, but I'm pretending to be happy so that I can attract a relationship because then once I attract a relationship, I'll really be happy. Right? That's fake. That's bullshit. That doesn't work. The only thing that works is being completely authentic. So how do you genuinely fall in love with your life right now and at the same time hold in your heart like a, a, like a deep, like, yes, I want a partner. Yes, I, yes, I, I, I want love. I, I have this dream. I want to manifest it. I want to share it. But holding that in my heart doesn't take away from how much I love my life right now. It actually adds to it. I love my life. My life is amazing. It's full. It's deep. I'm passionate about it. And one of the things that makes my life so amazing is this deep depth of love that I have in my heart that I know I'm going to give to somebody one day. And I know they're going to receive it. And that's not the thing that makes my life unhappy. That adds to the amazingness of my life. This deep love that's alive in my heart adds to it. And I know I'm saying how, 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 and somebody says, yeah, how, tell us, right? Well, 
I mean, you do it by falling in love with your life. Let me put it this way. And I, I actually, I did a whole podcast episode on this. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but, but I did a whole podcast episode on this, on this idea of really passionately falling in love with your life. The title of the, the title of the episode is, is help. I can't meet any good people. So if you want to go, if you want to go back and listen to it, the title's called help. I can't meet any good people. Um, but, but what I said in that episode and what I'll say now is, okay, you may not be able to control when you're going to meet your person, how you're going to meet them, how they're going to show up in your life. You may not be able to control that, but there are a lot of things that you can control. There are a lot of things that you do have power about. And I would say, if you just took the relationship piece off the table for the moment, you're not taking it completely off the table, but you're just putting it to the side. You said, okay, that's the thing I can't control, but the rest of my life I can control. I can control where I work, I can control my habits and my routines. I can control how I spend my time. I can control my hobbies. I can control the types of music I listen to, the types of place I hang out, the type of people I'm around, right? Like these are the things I can control. And so if I were to get all of that in a way that I am in love with it, that I am passionate about it, if I were to really make every aspect of my life other than dating and relationships something that I just lights me up and I feel so in love with it and so amazed by it and so grateful for it, I promise you that from that place, your need to be in a relationship would not be so strong. There might be a little bit of an ache in your heart, like, yes, I'm aching for that person. Yes, I can't wait for them to show up. But it would not be so intensely. And the reason we crave relationships so intensely is because we're not really fulfilled in our life overall. And we think that a relationship is going to change that. And I got news for you, it won't. So how do you do it? Focus on what you can control. Focus on what you can change. Make every aspect of your life, other than dating, other than getting into the right relationship, make it amazing. Fall in love with it. All those things that you said you're going to do one day, but you've never done, start doing them. All those friends that you want to make, but you haven't found the time to make them, find the time and go make some great friends. Okay, if you said you wanted to take a yoga class, but you've never done it, go start doing yoga, right? Go start, go travel, go like, uh, go attend some personal development seminars and, and go meet lots of new people and go, you know, go to the places you've always wanted to go, go get the job you've always wanted to have. And then tell me if, if that relationship is still such a big deal. Because... What I've found is when you have a life that you really love, it's not that the desire for a relationship goes away. You're human. You want companionship. That's normal. It doesn't go away, but it becomes a lot easier to deal with. And I think one of the reasons it becomes so much easier to deal with 
is because one, you have so much in your life that makes you feel great. It is that, you know, that part of your life that doesn't make you feel great is, is not that big of a deal. Someone says travel alone. Yes. Travel alone. I'm in a relationship and I often travel alone. I mean, and actually I, I appreciate you saying that. I want to speak into that for a moment. Okay. I'm married in a relationship and I travel alone sometimes. And so does my wife. And we also travel together, but why do I travel alone? It's because I love being with myself. It's because I love going places and being able to do what I want to do without having to coordinate with someone else. It's because there are things I want to do that my wife doesn't necessarily want to do. And I can do those things by myself and she could do things she wants to do. And the things we want to do together, we can go do together. And that is something that I cultivated while I was single. That's not something I learned in this relationship. That's something I cultivated while I was single. So I'm so glad you asked that because yes, do it alone. When I was single, I did everything alone. I mean, I had friends and I would do things with friends sometimes, but more often than not, I did things alone. You know, I mentioned earlier, I went to Trevor Hall at Red Rocks. I went alone. I flew to Denver by myself. I booked a hotel by myself. I went to the concert by myself, jammed out by myself. I met a few people while I was there who were standing next to me. We talked, we jammed together. And then I went back to the hotel by myself. I got on a plane by myself and came home. And this is while I was in a relationship. And, you know, I, I think, yes, that's, that's a big part of it, right? Fall in love with yourself and your life to such a degree that what I just said sounds like a good idea. See, some of you hear what I said right now and it sounds like, oh my God, I would hate that. I'd be alone. People would be looking at me. People would be thinking I'm weird. I wouldn't have anybody to talk to. Like, get to a place where that sounds like fun. And, and when you get there, your whole framework around relationships will be different. So that was a great question and, and thank you for dropping that in there. I'm glad you did because yes. And, and to the person, to the person who asked the original question, I just want to say like, put less of an emphasis on getting into a relationship and more of an emphasis on how amazing your life could be right now. And make your life so amazing right now that getting into a relationship is, yes, something you want, something you desire. When you go to bed alone at night, even though you have an amazing life, you're going to feel that little pain in your heart about, I wish I had someone to snuggle up to right now. You're going to feel that. And it's okay to feel that. And just, just love yourself through it, right? But day to day, you're going to be on fire. You're going to wake up and be like, man, I love my life. And you're going to be carrying an energy with you that when you walk down the street, people are turning their heads to look at you. Even if they didn't see you, they just felt you walk by and they're like, what was that? That's how it works. All right, everybody. So we had some great questions today. We had a great topic. I guess Ali Kai wants to come up here and say hi to everybody before we wrap up. 
it's so funny. Last few sessions at the end of the podcast, he comes up and wants to say hi. So I guess he likes being on camera now. He used to be camera shy. Yeah, didn't you? Didn't you? Yeah. So um, lots of love, everybody. You know, as you, uh, to sum it up, as you set your intentions for the new year, you know, start with, start with trying to accept where you are right now. Start with trying to come to a deep love and acceptance and gratitude for where you are right now. And feel into your heart. And, and you know, not like, let me get everything I want this year. But what do I feel like the most relevant thing for me to experience is? And set your intentions for that. And, and just be willing to go on the journey. Be willing to go through the growth. All right, everybody, I'm going to I'm going to end with that. Sending lots of love, wishing everybody happy holidays, happy new year coming up this weekend. Um, and I'll see you back here next year. So lots of love, everybody. See you next year. Bye. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Living Relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.